All right, so Matt, what did the mother cow say to the baby cow? I don't know. Move over. It's past your bedtime. (laughs) (laughs) I think my punchline was a little better. It probably was, yeah. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the graveyard. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Adam. And my name's Matt. Now, pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable because this is Graveyard Tales. (laughs) All right, everybody, here we are again. Matt, how you doing tonight, brother? Man, I'm I'm doing really good. Good. Uh, yeah. It's good to be uh good to be back up here and uh talking about some scary stuff. Oh, as always. It's like we've said before, it it's our kind of decompression zone as much as it can be. We we work all week to to put together the information and this is where it all kind of comes to a climax and we're able to and not really worry about it. We just present the info. So it's a, this is a lot easier than the research is. Yeah, no kidding. Most people think this is the hard part. Hey, yeah. This is the easy part. No, yeah, this is the easy part. The work is over. Well, it's over for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got several Adam, more hours. Adam, Adam has a little bit more work to do. <laughs> That's all right. I enjoy it. So real quick, we want to say go check out the Podbelly Network at podbelly.com. Good uh, network to be a part of, and you can find some different shows to listen to and some different information on podcasting there. So go to podbelly.com. We also want to thank tonight's sponsors, AMC Shutter and Feels, um, and we'll talk a little bit more about them shortly. Um, while we're on the topic, go check out patreon.com slash graveyard tales. Um, if you're not a patron, we've got a whole lot of bonus material over there for you. We're recording some more tonight. Once we get done with this main episode, we're going to chug on some, uh, Patreon episodes there, get those knocked out. So there's always something coming out. And for our $10 members every week, you get the video version ad free of us recording the show so you can see matt and i doing the thing anytime matt flips me off for giving him a funny face you know stuff like that um but uh the the ten dollar um a month members get those and then we've also got a one and a five dollar that you can go join up each option has different things that you get for it but we try to put out at least one bonus um, episode a week and five dollar and up will get the video version of that bonus episode um, one dollar gets the audio version but uh, the the ten dollar is where you get the most for your money you get a lot more right. bonus content with the ten dollar um, thing and we're always talking and and trying to figure out some new stuff to do for you guys on patreon so go over there and check it out graveyard tales um, at patreon.com um, also want to say Matt always talks about this at the end of the show, but go ahead and plug this real quick in the beginning. Please give us a rating on iTunes if you have not yet. Um, for everybody that has, thank you very much. Um, that helps us more than you know. And 
We don't know why, but it does help. It's something with the iTunes algorithm. If we get a certain number of five-star ratings on there with a comment, then it brings us up in the charts and people can see us when they're searching for stuff. Um, right. So go do that and and you'll help the graveyard out a lot. So Adam, so I, I, I was, I mentioned this before uh, earlier today to you, but there's always been something in the house where Amanda and I will smell cigarette smoke in the house and understand um, Amanda and I both quit smoking back in 2013. And even then we didn't smoke in the house. Right. So to smell cigarette smoke in the house is odd. You know, we don't have any friends that come over and smoke, nothing like that. So to just be, you know, what, what'll happen is you'll be walking you know, down the hall or something, and you will just get this very strong whiff of cigarette smoke. And I mean, that's probably most everybody knows that, that oh, yeah. smell. Oh, yeah. Okay. And we never really understood why, but we always kind of thought that it was Amanda's grandfather who, who passed away about uh, maybe eight or nine years ago and just kind of checking in. You know, he was a heavy smoker. In fact, mm-hmm. it, it led to his his demise. Um, but we've always just kind of thought that. Well, here recently, it has ramped up over the last few weeks. Hmm. We're not really sure why. Um, we, we did spend some time uh, with Amanda's family while we were on vacation. You know, we're down there, um, you know, where she grew up and everything. And I don't know if that maybe prompted it, but. It was our daughter who asked us about it, and we had never really discussed it with her. But she comes in and one night, and she goes, have y'all been smelling cigarette smoke in the house? And we're like, we, we have before. And she's like, God, it is. She goes, come in my room. She's like, it is so strong. And you could, just right as you walked in the door, you really just, bam. Hmm. I mean, you just, you could smell it. And I mean, it was so odd, but it's been much more frequent, much stronger. So I don't know. It is the weirdest thing. We don't have any neighbors that smoke. So it's not like somebody was sitting out on their patio smoking and it was just coming in through the vents or anything like that. Nothing. That's wild. So, I mean, and it is just, I mean, it is, it is strong and it is undeniable. I I don't, you know, it's just one of those weird things, you know, it just starts you know, I don't know what's caused it to maybe to fire up here lately. The only thing I can think of is maybe because your daughter is home from college, maybe he's coming to spend a little time with her, check That's on her. Chance, yeah. Uh, you know, since she's home and hasn't been for a while. Um, but uh, I, I think it's really cool. Um, you and I have talked about it when we've done our listener story episodes. Every year we get a story from somebody that they have a family member that comes and checks on them and they, mm-hmm. they just know it's a family member because of something that happens or like you said, a smell or some sense of just, you know, I know this is grandpa. I know it is, you know, and mm-hmm. those are some of my favorite um, experiences because I guess because it's kind of heartwarming. You know, it's not yeah. the the thing that you see on TV all the time with the scary ghost. Everything's scary right. and all that. You know, it, it's a heartwarming. 
these, you know, family members are checking in on you. Right. Not everything paranormal has to be scary. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, it, it's it's an oddity. You know, we've had a lot of people send us messages about it, uh, about that kind of stuff. Um, we just embrace it. You know, we don't we don't know for sure that's what it is. We don't really ever try to reach out, but you know, it's something we can't explain, and we, that's how we've explained it, and we're satisfied. Yep, there you go. Um, so, you know, if if you guys have got similar experiences, you know, dropping us, uh, you know, a message in the in the Facebook group, it, you know, we we love to hear those these yes. kind of stories. Yep. Um, because Adam's right; they are very heartwarming and endearing, and you know, it, it's just, you know, so many people they think of. When you think of paranormal, when you think of ghost stories and all this, you think of something scary, but it doesn't always have to be that way. No, a lot of times it's not, you know, a lot of times it's just a, Hey, I'm here. Something Mm -hmm. like that. All right, Matt. So let's take a second and talk about one of tonight's sponsors feels. Now, what is feels? Well, feels is a CBD company and feels is a better way to feel better. Their premium CBD will help keep your head clear and help you feel your best. CBD has been proven to greatly reduce anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. Now, navigating the world of CBD can be complicated, but at Feels, they look to make the process as simple as possible so you can start feeling better sooner. If you're new to CBD, they have a CBD hotline to help guide you through the discovery process. And the good thing is it's shipped direct to your doorstep in only a few days and they say feels is the new natural healthy better way to feel better and the thing about feels is it it really works and and this is how i know earlier this year i was dealing with some pretty severe heel pain i remember that i mean it had gotten to be just it was it was almost debilitating and I had been to the doctor. They had given me anti-inflammatories. It got a little better, and then it got a little worse. And I, I just I thought, I got to do something else. And that's when I got my feels package. And so I started taking it at the highest, the highest dose. Mm-hmm. And I mean, within a day, I was pain free that's great and i could i could tell that it was helping within about an hour or two of taking it but i mean by the next day you know i'm i'm walking better i'm not hurting and and even amanda said is your foot not bothering you anymore and i said no i said i and she's like well what's changed and i said i started taking the field and feel cbd got me through that pain episode and i didn't i didn't have to take any any narcotics mm-hmm. you know I, I didn't have to start taking fistfuls of ibuprofen i was taking feel cbd and i was pain free you got the feels <laughs> i caught feels man I'm, i know man so if if you've tried cbd in the past and thought, well, it just didn't do anything for me. You need to give Feels a try. I mean, it, it really works. 
It's been better than any other CBD product I've tried. And trust me, I've tried plenty. So Graveyard Tales listeners can start feeling better with feels today. Become a member by going to feels.com slash grave and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. So that's feels.com, F-E-A-L-S dot com slash grave, G-R-A-V-E, to become a member. And you get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels.com slash grave. So, Matt, why don't you tell us, what are we getting into tonight, brother? Okay, so tonight we, we are, we're going to look into a, another one of these places where it's like, this is one of the most haunted places. But when you do the research, I, I have to agree that this is probably one of, one of the most haunted places uh, in the U.S. and definitely one of the most haunted places in in St. Louis, Missouri, which doing this research, I found out that St. Louis has got a lot of haunted history. Yeah, that's as a what city. I've heard. I, I was really, really surprised at, at how many, oh, this place, but what about these places? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But for tonight, we're going to be looking at the Limp Mansion in St. Louis, Missouri. And uh, I I had heard about this place several months ago kept forgetting about it <laughs> and then would bring it up and uh we were like yeah 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 we need to look into that and then we would both forget about it yep but uh we finally both remembered and said okay you know it it's time this is this is a this has got a lot of good history and it's got a lot of activity right so um and, and the history is very interesting and entertaining yeah um not not necessarily as bloody gory as some of the history we've talked about but it it is uh it's it's very uh what's what's the word i'm like it's almost like a soap opera <laughs> yeah yeah it, it is very dramatic there there are some deaths um that we'll get into um but definitely not like last week's episode right. with you know probably thousands upon thousands of deaths nobody's getting pushed into holes or right like that right right <laughs> There's no uh, werewolf executions or anything, you know. No. Um, but, I mean, on that note, um, as we always say, go check our sources. But on these sources, there was so much history. Um, and Matt and I talked about this. There was so much history that if I were to have given you the complete biblioteca version of the um, history here, then we we would have four episodes of just history. So what I did is I picked what I thought was some good summaries of the different things that happened and, and you know, went to Limp Mansion's um, historical documents and stuff for a lot of this just to get it straight from the horse's mouth kind of thing. Um but go, you know, if any of this interests you, go check it out. Go search the history because there are some things and we'll we'll kind of point out when we get to it. Um, oh, hey, this has 
40 more years worth of history if you want to go read up on it. Um, so, but just like we always say, check the sources and go uh, follow up because I think you're going to be interested in even the history that we don't cover here. But that's enough teasing. Um, let's go ahead and get into the history. Like I said, this comes from Limp Mansion's uh, historical documents and everything that they've put out um, as well. And let, let's talk about the mansion first. Um, the Limp Mansion, this says, was built in the early 1860s and was subsequently purchased by William J. Limp as a residence and auxiliary brewery office. Yes, brewery office. We'll talk about that more here in a second. Although it was already an impressive structure, Limp used his massive brewery fortune to turn the 33-room house into a Victorian showplace. 33 rooms, Matt. 33 rooms. And when you look at the pictures of the mansion, it doesn't really look like what you think of as a mansion by today's standards. Right. And and I when I saw that, I was like, how'd they get 33 rooms in that place? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll put uh, some pictures of it on Patreon there for um, our patrons so you can go through that. And there's also some, um, while I'm on that subject, there's some newspaper articles from the time about some of the events that happened there that I, I grabbed and I will put up on Patreon as well so you can see the actual newspaper articles. But this goes on to say the radiator system was installed in 1884, five years after radiant heat was patented. The grand staircase was removed to accommodate an open-air lift that ran the gamut of the house. The decorative iron gates in the basement um, in the basement restaurant are all that remains of the elevator. In 1904, the house was completely renovated. To the left of the main entrance is the former brewery office where William Jr. committed suicide, which we'll discuss. Um, the decorative mantle is Italian marble. And to the right is the parlor with its hand-painted ceiling and intricately carved mantles of African mahogany. So already you can you can see Italian marble, African mahogany. This place was lavish. Yeah, it yeah. was I mean, lavish. These, these folks were wealthy. Yes, I mean they they were not rich. They were wealthy. They, they were I, stupid rich, as the kids say nowadays. <laughs> I remember hearing somebody make a comment that said, uh, you know, rich people, for every rich person, there's a wealthy person that signs their check. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. I was like, that's pretty good. But and you know, the these elevator were the, thing. Uh, these were the check writers. Yeah, exactly. You know, the elevator thing for that time, that just gives you a clue. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, elevators in in private homes was not something you saw. And to be able you to install. You still don't see it. No, you don't. I mean, I've gone into I've gone into homes that have an elevator. And I'm like, holy cow. Yep. You know, you've got an elevator. Yep. And I mean, imagine what it was like in the late 1800s. Somebody had a, an elevator in their house. But I thought, how hard would it been for these children as as young teenagers to sneak in and out of the house? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's hard enough to get up and down a flight of stairs without making any noise. Can you imagine you have to get on a deck of elevator? Yeah. Clank, clank, especially wood from the 1800s. Yeah. That big iron gate. Bing. Bing. <laughs> Every floor. Bing. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, you get you get to the floor you're going to, and there's your dad standing there with his arms crossed. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you wondered why I installed the bell for every floor. <laughs> 
so I'd know whether you were going to the restroom or sneaking out, depending That's on how right. many bells I heard. <laughs> Speaking of elevators and houses, um, my dad has actually gone into several houses owned by Dallas Cowboys players, and they uh-huh. didn't have elevators in their home. Right. <laughs> so that just kind of shows you here. And this goes on to say that behind the parlor is an atrium where the limps kept exotic plants and birds. The main bathroom is dominated by a unique glass-enclosed freestanding shower that Limp discovered in an Italian hotel and brought back to St. Louis for his personal use. Wow. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I just don't have anything to say. I mean, that just... Uh, he brought back a shower from a hotel. In Italy. You know, you know how much money, A, you have to have to con them out of giving you that freestanding shower out yeah. of their hotel? And B, to ship it back to the U.S.? Uh, literally yeah. ship, on a ship. You know, it took, that, yeah, it, it must have taken him like six months to get it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he didn't shower until he got that again. So, you know, he, <laughs> he put a rush order on it. Or at least his wife put a rush order on it. She's yeah, like, it look. Took, it only took five months. Yeah, right. He had, he had Italian prime. Yeah, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Guaranteed five bucks delivery. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If it's any later, it's uh, half off, not free. Uh, this goes on to say that other unusual fixtures in the room are a barber chair and a sink with glass legs. At the rear of the house are three massive vaults that the limps built to store great quantities of art objects. The limps were such avid art collectors that they could not display all of their acquisitions. Each vault is 15 feet wide, 25 feet deep, and 13 feet high. God, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That tells you how much art they had in that house. They couldn't display all of it, and they had all of these vaults i mean it's just i mean three vaults that big and and you still have more out in the house i just um this goes on to say the bedrooms were on the second floor the main bathroom has a white granite shower stall and a marble and cast iron mantle The servants' quarters were located on the third floor, which boasts cedar walk-in closets, a skylight, and an observation deck. The mansion does not have a ballroom in the traditional sense because the Limps built an auditorium, ballroom, and swimming pool in a natural underground cavern that could be reached from a now-sealed tunnel in the basement. Another tunnel led from the house to the brewery. Yeah, I mean... That's amazing. Talk about, I mean, it just keeps getting more lavish. The more we talk about them, the more you realize how much money they had. When I read this, I was curious what the technology of the time, uh, what what entailed a swimming pool. Yeah. I mean, I, I know what the technology is now. You know, I've I've got a pool. I grew up with a pool. I know how they operate. I, and I'm thinking, man, a hundred and some odd years ago, what did a swimming pool look like? Was it just a hole full of water? Was it sanitized? What did they do? And moreover, it was a cement pond. 
It was a cement pod. It's what it was. <laughs> Underground. Yeah. I mean, in a cavern. <laughs> I mean, it was probably considered to be an one of the ultimate luxuries for a person to have a swimming pool at their home mm-hmm. in a private re- residence. Yep. Much less have this one, which is just like, oh, well, yeah, we've got a pool. It's just underground. Yeah, let's go down to our personal cave. <laughs> let's take this tunnel to a personal cave to get to our swimming pool. And then we can just hop over, um, hop on this bike here, and we can ride down the tunnel to the brewery. Right. This sounds like Graceland or something. Yeah, yeah. Hell, this is more opulent than Graceland. If you've ever been to Graceland and you look at it, you're like, this is what Elvis lived in? Really? I hear such great things about it. And it's like, (laughs) you got to, I mean, okay, there's the leopard room. But, I mean, it it looks like it's no bigger than my house is now. (laughs) True true enough. It's, you know, just very, very opulent. Yeah. Um, But this, this was, this was nuts. And then when you consider the time, even more so. Yep. Um, says the wine and beer cellars, laundry and kitchen were located in the basement. The huge kitchen that once served the elite of St. Louis, uh, St. Louis society had been completely modernized and now serves the honored guest of the historic limp mansion restaurant. So I mentioned brewery a few times. Let's, let's talk about the brewery a little bit. Um, this is one of those topics that you want to, dive in further if it interests you and this is america's first lager beer brewers so when john adam limp arrived in st louis from Eckwig, germany in 1838 he seemed no different uh, from the thousands of other immigrants who poured into the gateway to the west during the first half of the 19th century limp originally sought his for- fortune as a grocer but his store was unique for its ability to supply an item sold by none of his competitors, lager beer. Limp had learned the art of brewing the effervescent beverage under the tutelage of his father in Esquidge. I, I know I'm not saying that right, but y'all can um, correct me. <laughs> E-S-C-H-W-E-G-E. And the natural cave system under St. Louis provided the perfect temperature for aging beer. Limp soon realized that the future of lager beer in America was as golden as the brew itself, and in 1840, he abandoned the grocery business to build a modest brewery on 112 South 2nd Street. A St. Louis industry was born. The brewery enjoyed enjoyed marvelous success, and John Adam Limp died a millionaire. William J. Limp succeeded his father as the head of the brewery, and as soon as he built it into an industrial giant. In 1864, a new plant was erected at Cherokee Street and Carondelet Avenue. Um, The size of the brewery grew with the demand for its product, and it soon covered five city blocks. That's a big brewery. Yeah. Now, it says in 1870, Limp was by far the largest brewery in St. Louis, and the Limp family symbolized the city's wealth and power. Limp beer controlled the lion's share of the St. Louis market, um, a position it held until Prohibition. In 1892, the brewery was incorporated as the William J. Limp Brewing Company. In 1897, two of the brewing industry's titans toasted each other when William Limp's daughter, Hilda, married Gustav Pabst, 
of the noted Milwaukee brewing family. So Pabst yeah. Blue Ribbon. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you th- this is significant, not just for the history of the Limp family and and our story. This is significant history for the city of St. Louis, because you look at what the manufacturing and brewing of beer has done for that city. You know, think about all that Anheuser-Busch owns and operates right. in the city of St. Louis. I mean, it is it is a huge industry and has been so important to, you know, the financial success of that city. The limps were responsible for that. Yep. Yep. It's crazy. Now, the limp family, despite having... Uh, all this lavish stuff and the money and the success, they, they weren't without their drama. Um, so real quick from the mansions, historical documents, I'll read a little bit about the limps problems, and then we'll get a little more in depth into it with some news articles and stuff like that. But Um, The demise of the Limp Empire is one of the great mercantile mysteries of St. Louis. The first major fissure in the Limp dynasty occurred when Frederick Limp, William's favorite son and heir uh, heir apparent to the brewery, the brewery presidency, died under mysterious circumstances in 1901. Three years later, William J. Limp shot himself in the head in a bedroom at the family mansion, apparently still grieving the loss of his beloved Frederick. William J. Limp Jr., succeeded his father as president. Tragedy continued to stalk the limps with a startling ardor. The brewery's fortune continued to decline until prohibition in 1919. Um, that closed the plant permanently. William Jr.'s sister, Elsa, who was considered the wealthiest heiress in St. Louis, committed suicide in 1920. On June 28, 1922, the magnificent limp brewery, which had once been valued at $7 million and covered 10 city blocks, was sold at auction to International Shoe Company for $588,500. Although most of the company's assets were liquidated, the Limps continued to have an almost morbid attachment to the family's mansion. After presiding over the sale of the brewery, William J. Limp shot himself in the same building where his father died 18 years earlier. His son, William Limp III, was 42 when he died of a heart attack in 1943. William Jr.'s uh, brother, Charles, continued to reside at the house after his brother's suicide. An extremely bitter man, Charles led a reclusive existence until he, too, died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. The body was discovered by his brother, Edwin. In 1970, Edwin Limp died of natural causes at the age of 90. Let's get a little bit deeper into the story of the suicides and all that stuff. Um, This is from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. December 29th, 1922, William Limp Jr. dies by suicide at his family mansion. A servant heard a muffled pop from her master's bedroom. She summoned his sons who broke down the locked door and found William J. Limp Sr. dead with a gunshot to his right temple. The 38 caliber revolver was nearby. It was the first of four fatal gunshots in the sad tale of a St. Louis uh, of St. Louis's first beer dynasty. Limp 68 shot himself on the morning of February 13th, 1904 
in his second floor bedroom of the family mansion at 3322 South 13th Street, um, now De, De Menile Place. And I, people in St. Louis will kill me for that pronunciation, but De Menil, De Menil, I don't know. Next to his brewery covering 13 blocks. Limp had never gotten over the sudden death in 1901 of his son, Frederick, brewery superintendent from a heart ailment. So they they assume it was a heart ailment. Um, it's still kind of up in the air, um, whether it was that or something else. Yeah. But heart problems could be caused by other things such as poison or anything like that. So. Yeah, and. And reports from the time from employees said that uh, William continued to come in to the brewery and and oversee the day to day operations. But they said he was never the same. Sure. You know, he you know, he was rarely outside of his office. People didn't see him out in public anymore. If he wasn't in his office, he was in his home. So you could tell this this really affected him, and he just was unable to get past it. Right, and that's understandable. You're not supposed to have to bury your own children. Right, right. Now, this goes on to say that his depression deepened, obviously. Um, when he didn't emerge from the room that morning, no one took much notice because of that. His father, John Adam Limp, introduced lager beer to St. Louis in 1838 with a brewery at 112 South 2nd Street. William Limp moved the operation in 1864 to Carondelet Street, uh, Broadway, and Cherokee Streets, a favorite area for brewers because they could store beer in cool limestone caverns. Among neighboring competitors was Anheuser-Busch Company, which introduced Budweiser in 1876, and Anheuser-Busch overtook Limp in total sales sometime during the 1880s, but Limp's Falstaff brand outsold Budweiser in St. Louis. So if if anybody out there drinks Falstaff, let us know. Yeah, it's still around. Yeah, that's not something we can find down here. But I'm sure you can there. So if you drink Falstaff, hit us up. Um, the Limps were local royalty. And in 1897, Limp Sr.'s daughter, Hilda, married married Gustav Paps of Milwaukee. And two years later, William Limp Jr. married Lillian Handlin, a railroad supply heiress known as the Lavender Lady because she favored the color for everything, even the harness on her horses. Their divorce in 1909 was a local sensation. So there, yeah, there was an interesting story about that divorce. So apparently, um, and I hope I'm not stepping on anything that I didn't see in your notes. Probably not. Um, Billy, uh, who William Limp Jr. was also was more commonly known as Billy. Um, he had a uh, a penchant for uh, partying. And he turned the caverns, the caves that led from the mansion to the brewery into his own private party house. Must be nice. Where he where he would invite his friends, had all the beer you wanted to drink, um, had the pool and prostitutes. Oh, of course. So at, at one point, um, he he gave 
his wife, Lillian, an allowance of $1,000 a day, and she had to spend it every day or he was going to cut her off. Oh, geez. And the reason he did this was to keep her busy. So he had more time to, mm. to go gallivanting around. Yep. Okay. So you can see this was a recipe for a failed marriage. Oh, <laughs> sure. Yeah. But oddly enough, when, when this divorce went to trial, it was, it was covered in the papers and, you know, much like if two celebrities divorce now, um, and Lillian almost lost custody of their, uh, their son because uh, Billy's lawyer uh, produced a photograph of her smoking a cigarette. Oh, good Lord. I mean, here's Billy. Man, he is like just party Scum. playboy. Yeah. Yep. Scummy guy. And he's about to, to get custody taken away from his wife because they had a photo of her smoking a cigarette. Yep. That's ridiculous. Insane. It just kind of tells you what the the climate was. Yep. For women in this in the early 1900s, it was yep. terrible. It's insane. It's insane. But she she did not. She actually got custody and a pretty sizable um, financial settlement out of it. I mean, she was fine. Plus, she was a railroad heiress. I mean, there was none of these people ever wanted for anything. That yep. money was there, whether they needed it or not. She beat the cigarette wrap because she simply told the judge, if you had to deal with this jerk all day long, you'd smoke too. <laughs> and he was like, you know what? You're right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so this goes on to say that William Jr. turned the mansion into company headquarters when he took over. On March 20th, 1920, another daughter of Limp Sr., Elsa Limp Wright, fatally shot herself in her home at 13 Hortonson Place. At the scene, William Jr. said, quote, this is the limp family for you, end quote. What a so, thing to say. Yeah, what a, what, a, what a heartless thing to say. But, you know, you're, you're seeing a trend. Yep. Yeah, and it, it was a trend with the limps. This says the limp brewery closed in 1920 with enforcement of prohibition in june 1922 william jr announced he would sell the property quote i am tired of seeing all the weeds in the courtyards he said on december 29th 1922 he dismissed his secretary from his office he aimed a revolver to his heart and fired he was 55 with the business gone, the family restored the mansion as a residence, and on May 10th, 1949, in a dining in a room adjoining the one in which William Jr. committed suicide, his brother, Charles A. Limp, 77, shot himself. He was the only one to leave a note, quote, in case I am found dead, blame it on no one but me, end quote. The mansion became a rooming house, um, restored as the Limp Mansion Restaurant and Inn, and it is a favorite haunt of ghost enthusiasts. And Matt's going to tell us why. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, uh, like I said, very entertaining history um, from a very uh, affluent family uh, with a lot of demons. Yep. So, um, And there's much know, more, so dive into it if you wish. Yeah, I mean, there, there's just, 
there's tons of stuff about this family, um, which is which is amazing to me because when um, when the last member when the last limp family member died at age of ninety, he left instructions to his uh, I guess his butler, you know, personal uh, caretaker to destroy all of the art collection, all of the heirlooms, everything. No. And he did. No, that that's just, no, that's wrong. That's a dick move. Is what yeah, it is. It is. So, I mean, you, there is, I mean, there is no telling what was in those enormous vaults. Yep. I mean, we already said their collection was so huge that they couldn't even display all of it. Yep. I mean, that's what I was, was thinking. Probably, there were probably priceless pieces of art from all over the world in there, mm-hmm. destroyed, gone. Yep. All I because mean, this one guy uh, was a jerk. That whole family, um, they were uh, affluent, but they, they trying to be nice about it. They, like you said, had their demons. They, they were not very nice about their money. Yeah. Um, you know, they may have been great to their employees and all that stuff. I don't know, but just from what we found, they, they were kind of jerks with their money and with their, their own family. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's, there's probably, like I said, they're probably great to their employees and stuff like that. And that's how they built such a big empire. But, I don't know. It, it just seems like interpersonally into the family, they had their issues. Oh yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's it's something that you 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 hear about parents teaching their kids. I know I do. That if if I if I buy this thing for you and give it to you, it's not going to mean as much to you as if you yeah. saved up your own money and purchased it yourself. When when you when when you're this wealthy. And, you know, and I'm not, look, I'm not down in wealthy people. I'd love to be one of them, but. Amen. Um, when, when things are just handed to you, they don't have as much significance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I said, you know, hey, that's a crappy thing to do. You know, there was probably a lot of valuable pieces there that other people could have enjoyed. You know, I'm sure that, you know, a lot of the museums would have wanted some of those pieces to be able sure. to display. Um, but, you know, there's a chance to them that just, I mean, it would it would be like you or I collecting stamps or something. Yep. You know, it's like, ah, uh, you know, like I enjoy my, it, but eh. Yeah, my skull collection, all of the full skulls, pristine skulls I got and stuff, Michael probably won't care about it all when I'm dead, and it'll just be, you know, gotten rid of. Yeah. So... But you're not going to leave it in your will to destroy them. No, <laughs> I, I would. If anything, I would leave it in my will that you have to take care of these things. I know he's not yeah. going to, but yeah. I would leave it. Please keep these and display them prominently. That's right. That's like right. like I did. But as as Adam mentioned, um, when when Charles Limp committed suicide, um as long you know along with the 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 mansion and along with the neighborhood the the building really began to de- 
deteriorate. And that's when the renovations began. But that's also when the hauntings began. So the, the residents would complain of these, you know, of ghostly activity like knocks and footsteps being heard all through the house. Uh, and as these stories uh, gained traction, it was hard for the boarding house to find tenants. And it just continued to decline because they couldn't get people that were willing to live there because everybody assumed it was haunted. Sure. So it, it, it almost reached what they would term a flop house. Yeah. You know, they, could, they couldn't, couldn't charge anything reasonable to stay there because people didn't want to. And they had to rely on, you know, nerdy wells and people like that that really were just looking for, a, a, you know, a, a place to sleep. Yeah. So, um, so it really started to decline. Now, in 1975, the old mansion was saved when Dick Pointer and his family purchased it, and immediately when they began to renovate, uh, to turn it into the restaurant and the inn, the workers within the house started telling stories uh, about apparitions and strange noises, tools that would vanish, and this overwhelming feeling of being watched. Hmm. Um, and, and frightened by these, uh, experiences, a lot of the workers would leave the job site and not come back. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we're going to take just a minute and talk about one of tonight's sponsors, Shudder. Now, Shudder is the streaming service with the best selection of horror thriller and supernatural movies series and originals from hollywood's favorites and cult classics from original series and critically claimed new genre films you won't find anywhere else streaming uncut and commercial free right to your favorite devices shutter's summer of chills means new movies every week all summer long including these upcoming exclusives edge of your seat thriller the boy behind the door as kidnapped best friends search for a way out of their worst nightmare. The Shudder original series, Slasher, Flesh and Blood, starring genre legend David Cronenberg, about a cutthroat competition over who will inherit a family fortune. That sounds great. If a mysterious mass killer doesn't get them all first. And Jacob's wife with horror icon Barbara Crampton from Reanimator and You're Next as a woman whose life takes a wild turn after she's bitten by a vampire. Which, you know, you'd expect your life to take a wild turn. No joke. That, that's probably one of the wildest turns you could take. With Shudder, you get notable titles such as Vicious Fun, Near Dark, Sun, Candisha, Pumpkinhead, Witchfinder General, Teddy, and Bleed With Me, as well as the ones I mentioned earlier. That's right, and you can stream great thrillers, horror, and suspense for only $5.99 a month or $56.99 a year. It's a great deal. Shudder has the largest, fastest-growing, human-curated selection of thrilling and dangerous entertainment. They are called the Netflix of horror for a reason. There are new supernatural terrors, edge-of-your-seat thrillers, and shocking horrors added every week. You can stream on all of your favorite devices, including iPhone, iPad, Apple TV, Xbox One, 
Amazon Fire TV. That's where I stream it from is Amazon Fire. Google Chromecast, Roku, and any Android devices. And the good thing is you'll have unlimited access to stream ad-free on all of those devices. So it kind of keeps your shelves uncluttered. Now, I know with me, Matt, I used to, back in the day of the local mom-and-pop video rental place, there was one just up the road from me, and I used to go there every week, and I would rent. They had a section of B-horror movies, and I would go rent some of these. I mean, they were god-awful, but I loved them. You know, they're just so Mm -hmm. bad, but they're my favorite type of horror movie is these that are just so bad they're good maybe so stupid they're good but I used to go there and I'd rent those every week two or three a week watch them all weekend that was what I did sometimes you could buy them from there so I had a whole DVD case full of these B horror movies and it took up like half my living room and I finally found Shudder and that kept me from having to keep doing that going to the video store and getting they were all right there and I could get rid of all you know box up all of my old horror movies and put them away so that they're not cluttering up my house but I still get my favorite horror movies from Shudder and you can too if you enjoy that kind of stuff and I know Matt you love Shudder as well yeah we watched Discovery of Witches and now it has the second season it's a fantastic show, and Amanda and I were huge fans of the books by Deborah Harkness. If, if you like vampires and witches and the the, the intertangling and, and the twists and turns uh, of a really good story, then you should check that out. But, you know, we're also big fans of suspense. Shudder has got you covered. So... You can get started streaming the best horror, thriller, and supernatural content. Shudder's expertly curated collection includes must-see titles like Vicious Fun, The Mortuary Collection, and PG, Psycho Gorman, plus all the best horror documentaries and the hit Creep Show. To try Shudder free for 30 days, go to Shudder.com and use our promo code GRAVE. That's S-H-U-D-D-E-R dot com and our promo code GRAVE, G-R-A-V-E. That's right. To try Shudder free for 30 days, all you got to do is go to Shudder.com, S-H-U-D-D-E-R dot com and use our promo code GRAVE, G-R-A-V-E. I mean, you hear about that occasionally with workers that are like, no, I'm good. Uh, yeah, I'm oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. That's and enough. Ad- and Adam and I have talked about it before, especially with some of these old haunted hotels that we've discussed. Um, when they do these renovations, it seems to stir things up. Yep. And and the workers who are there are the ones that experience it first. Yep. And um, that's the question um, that we always bring up. Is it because... They are disturbing the area that these spirits are in, or is it because at that point, the the house or the building or whatever is in 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 a liminal state, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of evidence to show that 
spirits hang out in these liminal places, doorways, yeah. stairwells, something in in a transitional state. Right. That it, it, is that what stirs it up and kind of yeah. brings them to it? Well, we may never know, but every time um, I hear that, that's the question I have. And and I think it's probably some of both. Could be, yeah. What I also think is that because when these workers are there, a lot of times they're they're working alone and other people are working in different areas or they're working in pairs um, and it's quiet. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, other than the banging of hammers and saws and things like that, it's fairly quiet. There's not the hustle and bustle of of a business or a residence going on. And it allows them to bear witness to these things happening. So you've got a lot of things at play here that would would cause these workers to experience these things firsthand where they might have been going on before that and it just went unnoticed. Yeah. But the workers, they, they would say that they actually felt harassed by mm. these spirits slamming doors, uh, the noises. And, and they said this, this feeling of being watched was almost oppressive. And, and some even described it as it was a burning sensation. Like oh, somebody wow. was just staring you down. Yeah. Staring a hole in them. Literally. That's right. Now there was a painter who was doing restorative work on one of the ceilings said he felt an impatient presence watching his every move and it finally caused him to just leave i mean he just yeah. i mean I, look i i don't want to be watched no <laughs> when i'm trying to work that's that's a miserable feeling yep. and especially if you're being watched and you're there's nobody there watching you that's <laughs> yeah. even worse yeah we used to we used to have an, a boss that would um stand at the edge of the department and just stare at you while you were working and it's like dude stop <laughs> that, yeah, that yeah hey it, it's really bad and uh uh you know i'm liable to mess up more because i'm being stared at <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. the the plant manager when i first started there years ago used to walk through the department and he'd come up right behind me and i wouldn't notice him at first and he'd be standing there arms crossed looking down at me and then he'd go if anything up yet today and i'm like uh, uh, well not until you just did that yeah. <laughs> it was Man, horrible what a thing to do to somebody I know, right and i was new you know so of course i was worried about screwing stuff up and that would just cause me to drop tools on whatever i was working on uh, yeah that's that's awful but you know since the restaurant opened um staff members have reported several strange experiences. Uh, apparitions would appear and then quickly vanish. Voices and sounds would come out of nowhere. And glasses would lift off of the bar and fly through the air by themselves. Hmm. Now, that's, that's you know, that's something that you really don't want to see. Yeah, that's um, pretty good. Doors uh, were said to lock and unlock by themselves. Lights would turn on and off uh, of their own accord. And the piano, the piano at the bar would play when no one was around. 
Hmm. They said the piano, the whoever plays the piano enjoys ragtime music. So, oh really? That's one of the that's one of the things they hear most often. Hello, my lady. Hello, my darling. <laughs> Hello, my ragtime gal. There you go. That's you all I got. Jay Frog, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I never knew that frog had a name when I first saw that mm-hmm. cartoon. It was much yeah. later. I don't think it had a name. I think they gave it a name. Yeah, they they had to, uh, or if he did, they never said it. It no. was just, here's the frog. In that particular cartoon, nobody speaks but the frog. Mm-hmm. You know, all the characters are, you know, they don't, it's like a silent movie. Yeah, weird. Now, of course, these hauntings are blamed on several members of the Limp family. I mean, there are three areas of the old mansion that seem to have the most activity. The the stairway, the attic, and a place that the staff refers to as the gates of hell in the basement. Yeah. It's always, you know, always want something that you can describe as the gates of hell in where you're working. It's a great moniker for that. (laughs) But that that area that they call the gates of hell is the area in the basement that was the entrance to the caves that ran below the mansion and into the brewery. Oh, wow. So you want to go have a smoke break? Yeah, let's meet at the gates of hell. No, thanks. I quit smoking. (laughs) Now, they say the attic is haunted by William Jr.'s illegitimate son referred to uh, poorly as the monkey faced boy. Oh, geez. Now, w- William Jr. or Billy, he was the one, if you remember, liked to party and mm-hmm. uh, would invite prostitutes down to uh, his uh, impressive man cave. Um, but um, bump. <laughs> and, and supposedly, one of these prostitutes gave birth to Billy's child. Now, of course, this was while he was still married to Lillian. Now, the the child. Now, again, there is no record that this actually happened, but it is it is a very common story. This child was supposedly born with Down syndrome, and spent his entire life locked in the attic of the Limp Mansion. That's awful. Yeah. Now, strange occurrences are often witnessed on the third level of the mansion and the face of the boy has regularly been seen from the street peeking out of the small windows of the mansion. Now investigators have often left toys in the middle of the room, drawing a circle around them to see if the objects would, would be moved and fairly consistently when they return the next day, the toys are found in another location. Hmm. Now, another paranormal investigator said that while investigating the uh, the boy's room, he felt something tugging on his hair in the attic hallway just outside of, of the boy's room. So, you know, there's a there's a lot of discussion about. Is this story even true? You know, was right. there was there an illegitimate son and, and could these people have been so horrible to have locked this child for his entire life in the attic we don't know 
Um, But there are. You want to think it's not true. You want to think that that's just a crazy urban legend. Yeah. And it's very likely that it is because that stuff gets made up a lot. Yeah. But you never know. So it's it's kind of a chicken and the egg thing. You know, what came first? You know, Mm. the story about Billy and his illegitimate son or are they kind of putting history to the haunting? You know, if they, we if see they, that a lot too, if they believe that maybe the attic is is haunted by a, a spirit of a young boy, that just kind of led to well, this is this is an easy story to tell because of Billy's lifestyle, which that right. was true. Yep. Um. So they it was they could come up with a very uh you know flowery story, you know to to really push the the whole idea of the legend that it, it was haunted, but right. there is a lot of activity, you know, in that attic. So, I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that just firmly believe there is a spirit there. And, and, you know, it, the way it responds, it seems like it's a small boy, especially with the witnesses saying they've seen the, the face of a boy looking out the windows from the third floor. Right. Now, in the downstairs women's bathroom, which was once William Jr.'s personal domain and held the first freestanding shower in St. Louis that he got from Italy. Italy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Many women have reported a man peeking over the stall. Now, Creeper. On, on one such occasion, a woman came out of the bathroom, returned to the bar and said to the two men, she was there with, I hope you got an eye full, <laughs> but both <laughs> men denied ever having left the bar <laughs> and the bartender verified it. So the, the ghost is said to be that of the womanizing Billy Limp. Yep. <laughs> Getting, still peeking. Still peeking. You know, still, still looking for, still looking for a quick, quick shot, you know, just right, hop right. up over the top of the stall. Hey, how you doing? Yep. Uh, <laughs> that'd be really creepy, you know? I mean, I, I, I wouldn't immediately, if it, I wouldn't immediately think ghost, you know, I'd think no. per, pervert and, and be pretty pissed. Well, yeah, that, that's the thing. You would, you don't hear many stories about, um, you know, peeping Tom ghosts. Right. And so you would immediately think that you had some creep in there trying to peek on what you got yeah and i mean that, that's the first thing i would go to if if it happened to me <laughs> but i think as a ghost though you wouldn't have to look over you just, yeah true <laughs> well it's, it's all part of his kink man oh, he, he just yeah. he likes it but i mean at this point in my life not even a ghost is going to want to peek over at what i'm doing in the bathroom so <laughs> If they do, they're not going to do it again. Yep, exactly. That's a one and done type thing. Now, in William Limp's William Limp Senior's room, guests have reported hearing someone running up the stairs and kicking at the door. Now, when William killed himself, William Junior was known to have run up the stairs to his father's room, found it locked and began to kick the door in to get to his father. Hmm. So 
you know, this this goes along with that that stone tape theory that something yeah. is tragic as a son running up because he just heard a gunshot and was afraid that his father had something horrible had happened to his father, which it had mm-hmm. that that replays because yep. of the energy that surrounded such an event and people that have stayed in, in, in William senior's room said, that's, that's what happens. You hear them running up the steps and you hear somebody trying to kick in the door. Wow. Now a part-time tour guide at once at one time reported hearing the sounds of horses outside the room where William limp senior had his office. But when the tour guide looked through the window, nothing was there. Now, the area north of the mansion where you see out of the window is is now a parking lot. But in the time of William Sr., it was utilized as a tethering lot for horses. Hmm. So again, hmm. you know, things just replaying. It seemed to be matching up pretty well. Now, when Charles shot and killed himself, you know, this, this is the worst thing. He first shot his beloved Doberman Pinscher. Oh, what the hell, man? I'm like, look, if you're going to kill yourself, don't kill your dog. Yeah. Leave the first. dog out of it. The dog didn't do anything. Innocent dog. Right. But now the panting of a dog and the clicking of his nails and the dragging of his chain can be heard on the stairway supposedly looking for Charles because when oh, they wow. found the dog, the dog was shot downstairs, but they found his body halfway up the stairs going up to Charles's room. Oh, so he didn't dog. die immediately. And he was chasing after his master who went upstairs to his room and shot himself. So again, dog. that seems to just replay. Mm-hmm. Now, in the William Limp suite on the second floor, uh, visitors have reported seeing a white apparition of an older gentleman with a two-inch beard in the sitting room by the window near the sliding door, which leads to the bedroom. So, full-on full apparitions, which, I mean, you know, why not? I mean, we've got everything else you can imagine. Yeah. Um, but, you know, full-on apparitions are not something that we see in, in a lot of these haunted places. Um, but Limp's got more than its share. Now, the, the Lavender Lady Suite on the second floor, this was Lillian, uh, Lillian's room, is said to emit the strong smell of lavender. I mean, it'd be weird if it was roses or something, right? Yeah, right. Now, a <laughs> shadow has been seen slipping through the crack in the bathroom door and the locked door to this room has been found standing wide open on several reports. Now, visitors hmm. visitors can stay the night in the lavender suite. So there are plenty of people who have been in and out of this room who have witnessed firsthand these things happening. Now, down in the bar on the first floor, along with the piano playing and the glasses flying off the shelves, Drinks have reportedly begun stirring themselves. Well, that's handy. That's right. I would love that to sit at the bar 
and a bartender hand me a cocktail and then I sit there and watch it stir by itself. That, yeah. that'd, be, that'd be a neat trick. And you want it ghost shaken or ghost stirred? <laughs> hey, if that ghost could shake it, I mean, have that. I want to see that. Yeah. With this straw wiggling around, that's pretty cool. But if you could pick up that shaker and shake me a martini, I, I want, I, I'd pay extra for that. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, ghost bartenders would bring a lot of tips. <laughs> now, the Lavender Lady's dining room, which once was William Sr.'s study and later William Jr.'s office, has an apparition that will appear at the dining table prior to the restaurant opening. Now, staff reports that when they see this apparition, somebody will go in and ask them what they're doing there, and the apparition will disappear right before their eyes. Oh, wow. And on one occasion. And, and every time it goes, whoop, and right as it <laughs> caught me. <"Whoop." laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh. <laughs> now, on one occasion, a, an investigator from the Missouri Ghost Hunter Society claims he was pushed out of the door of the dining room by, uh, by a male presence and not, hmm. not too gently, I might add. Yeah. Like a bouncer shoving it, a ghost bouncer. I'm just somebody that thought you don't need to be in here. Yep. Now, the- and at that point, you're like, you know, I probably don't need to be in here. I mean, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, that's right. I, I just get this feeling. On. Yeah, I, just this it's slight feeling that I probably shouldn't be in here. Can you imagine you get pushed out by a ghost and you don't immediately leave and then like. <laughs> feel like it slap you in the face or something like well look i'm gonna leave now because i don't want to see what's coming next yeah (laughs) that reminds me of the um remember urkel when uh they were like go home go home go home and he goes i don't have to take this i'm going home that's right (laughs) (laughs) and the ghost just keeps saying it you're like you know what i don't have to take this i'm going home yeah i'm out now, I mentioned before the Gates of Hell, which is the entrance um, to the underground caves. Now, that's closed off, um, but you can still see where the entrance was. Now, it is said to be haunted by at least one discontented entity. Psychics that have visited this area of the mansion say they sense an angry, silent, shadowy figure that intensely paces back and forth in front of the sealed tunnel. Hmm. Now, in the basement dining room, remember, there's all there's all kinds of crap down there. You know, it ain't oh, just yeah. a cave. Um, one investigator spotted a white, misty apparition floating up by the archway. Now, when he turned, it disappeared, but a quick picture that they took revealed an orb. You know, orbs. Yeah, that's an on-the-fence kind of thing. Orbs to me are the uh, the sparklers of the paranormal uh, fireworks world. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like everybody's got sparklers. You yep. know, I'm not impressed. <laughs> yeah, those little popper things you throw down on the ground like a pop. Yeah, snapping pops and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? This is nope. I I got snakes and sparklers. That's it. That's yep. what that's I what happens. Of our house is haunted. All we have is orbs. Well, yeah, you know. Okay. No, I, I want an M80 or something. <laughs> I want a ghost M80. Now, the 
in the dining room, the tablecloths have said to be silently torn off the tables and the tables moved and disrupted when people have their backs to them. Hmm. So th- this happens right in front of people. Well, right, behind, right, right behind them, but yeah. they're standing there, <laughs> you know, it's, it'd be one thing if, if, you know, we've heard about stuff where people do something, leave, come back and it's messed up. Yeah. It's one thing if you just turn around and it's messed up. Yeah. You turn around to pick something up, turn back around. The tables are all screwed up. Now I gotta, I gotta be honest. If I was working and I was setting up a dining room table and I turned my back and came around and the tablecloth was gone and crap and it was all messed up. After a while, I'd get pissed. Oh, yeah. Like, all yeah. right, man, just give me a yeah. break. I'm trying, you know, I'm making, you know, eleven fifty an hour here. Yeah. You know, I got a job to do. Will you well, just leave it alone? Yeah, that's the thing. I would I would seriously sit there and have conversations with it yeah. about that. Because, I mean, I did it. Um, I think I told you uh, at the old house, you know, we had Frank, mm-hmm. the spirit that used to frequent there. And he was making all sorts of noise one night and I got up, went to the bathroom. And as I'm going to the bathroom, walking down the hall, I went, I have to work really early in the morning. Please stop making noises. No more noises that night. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that would be an interesting show. Nothing but come on, man. Paranormal experiences where you just, you know, you look at it. I just had to go, come on, man. Yeah. Just give it a rest. <laughs> yeah. Dad gummit, dude. Stop that. Yeah. I mean, you know. Ghost that shit. keeps pinching your butt all the time. You're like, Man, dude, stop. <laughs> I mean, these were these are people, you know. You know mm-hmm. they, surely you could reason with them, you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, come on. I, I, I get it. I get it. Okay, you're here. Just yeah. ha, ha, ha. Very a, funny. Take a break. Yeah. Let me finish this at least for before you do it again. Come on. There is a historian. Go shake a martini or something. <laughs> <laughs> there is a historian or an, an historian, if I'm going to be grammatically correct, uh, yeah, you know. and paranormal investigator that uh, frequents, the, um, frequents the mansion, uh, does give tours. Her name is Betsy Burnett. Bellinger, not, oh. not not Ballinger, Bellinger. Close, close, very close. Um, now she uh, she says that she believes there are at least nine identifiable identifiable spirits in the mansion. Huh? And she says one of those is a boy, and that he goes by the name Zeke, and is thought to hide on the third floor. Now this would be considered the illegitimate son of Billy Limp. Yeah. Now, according to Betsy, Zeke loved to play near the small windows close to the floor, and he would watch the people from outside from his window up high. It was his favorite thing to do. And yeah, I mean, this poor kid, if this is true, you know, was trapped in an attic. He didn't have much else to do but stare at people through the window, but that does kind of coincide with the stories that you hear of people seeing the face from the street. You know, I just thought about that. They said his favorite thing to do, look out the window and tell people, that would be like saying this prisoner's favorite thing to do is chisel into the rock wall. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) That's only because he's got nothing else to do. I'm sure. 
I'm sure there's something more interesting to him that would he would consider his favorite thing to do. This is just what he can do. <laughs> That's it. Just because I'm doing the only thing that I can do doesn't mean it's my favorite thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just my thing that I do. According to Betsy, Zeke was born with some type of, of deformation. And as the the legend goes, uh, the child would have was born with Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. So it was so bad that, that people would call him names. She says, even to this day. And I'm like, look, if you're so petty that you're going to call a ghost names, especially yeah. a child, what? Yeah. Give it a rest. Good Lord. Yeah, I, I would I would smack you for that if th- you're that yeah, petty. I think that she is probably just talking about where he got this moniker as the monkey face boy. And people that visit may refer to that because they've read it in the story. And yeah. that's she says that's not cool. And it's it's yeah. not cool. It's not. No. Now, one of the more remarkable experiences Betsy says she had was during a filming of a show in the mansion. She said she brought a teddy bear from her home for Zeke, thinking it would be something that he would like. She said she set the bear at the top of the stairs and went on with her interview. But she said later, something caught her attention. Betsy says she looked up the stairs and the teddy bear was up in the air, swaying back and forth as if a child was playing with it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's, uh, I'd say that's that's, wild. (laughs) That's something you don't see every day. Right. Now there's another identifiable ghost in the mansion that Betsy calls the stinky man. Now, why she calls him that she calls him the stinky man, but don't call Zeke the monkey face boy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it's okay to call this guy the stinky man. Yeah, that's not right. But she says it's because there is an apparent odor when he's around and he seems to be a bit territorial when it comes to the mansion. Well, because you call him the stinky Stinky man, man. he doesn't want you there. But she did say that she has audibly heard him telling her to get out of my house and things like that. So, I mean, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot of activity for one place. And as I was telling Adam, you know, the other day doing this research, I tend to stop looking for stories when I start seeing stories repeated. When I see the stories over and over and over, and I'm like, I've already got this, I've already covered this, I will dig through them to see if this one is a little bit different or if there's something that makes me go, "Mm, this isn't really true. Um, But these were all fairly consistent. And I, you know, I saw them from multiple sources. That is a lot for me to be able to verify that many stories. Mm -hmm. Um, That is a lot for one haunted location. Um, But of course, when you when you have anything that is this active and gets this many visitors, you're you're gonna get some uh, experiences that aren't really valid. Uh, that right. maybe people get a little excited and believe that they have captured some evidence. So in March of 2019, there was a photo taking ta- taking. There was a there was photo, photo taking. <laughs> There was a photo taken of the lady in white 
on the main stairs. Now, there are stories of a lady in white in the mansion. It seems like everywhere has got a lady in something. And Mm -hmm. if it's a ghost, it's typically white. Yeah. But the photo. If it's a song, it's lady in red. That's right. The photo went viral. It was taken during a tour. Um, and it brought the haunted history of, of the mansion uh, back into uh, the mainstream. It, it was reported by the news. However, an actor named Angie Seben Frick contacted the local news station after they ran this story to report that the haunted image was most likely her. She said she was dressed in period clothing. Angie had been performing the same night the photo was taken. So Hmm. there's always the chance that you visit a haunted place. You're really excited. You're hoping to find something. You're hoping to have an experience and you overplay something um, in, in your, uh, in your exuberance. And it's funny. You say that Um, just tonight, right before, we got on here. I saw a post in the graveyard Facebook group of, uh, from one of our listeners. She works at a, kind of an older building, and she was apparently in the kitchen standing there washing a dish from lunch, and there were tourists outside, and she heard through the thin glass of the old window, do you see that? And lady goes, what? Look right there. There's a ghost staring at us, and they turn and they're staring at her while she's staring out the window at them. So she said all she did was just kind of like slowly turn and walk away, kind of playing it up thing. <laughs> and like she said, I want to hear the stories that these people tell about that right. now. Oh, that's great. So apparently, it still happens today. <laughs> I mean, you know, and the Limp Mansion, the the staff, they they don't shy away from these stories. I mean, they they play it up as we've we've seen in other other places where they embrace that paranormal aspect, and yeah. and it does it it brings people there. I mean, now from what I've read, the the restaurant has incredible food. That it is just it is fantastic. The Go history, for the food, stay for the ghost. That's right. The the history of the building, you know, just the the age of it and, you know, the fact that it belonged to this wealthy family. It it's worth a visit even without the paranormal activity. But like Adam said, you come for the food, you stay for the ghost. Yep. When when I went through and read some of the the amateur and and some even the professional investigations if they had not rented the entire mansion just for their investigation, they ran into some problems because there were people coming in and out and eating, drinking. Yeah, yeah. And and one of my favorite things to do with a haunted place is go to TripAdvisor because oh, yeah. people yep. will leave comments about their stay, and inevitably I will find one or two that mention a paranormal experience they had. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, I couldn't find any really good ones, but I did find some a common thread in a lot of them that said 
the drunk people that were on the tour really messed up our investigation. <laughs> They're like, well, he's not going to come back and show himself now that these drunks are here. <laughs> like, well, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So if, if you're a serious investigator, you can rent the entire mansion for your investigation. I would suggest that you do exactly that. Um, yep. So you don't have to fool with standing in the dining room with an EMF meter while somebody's chowing down on some lobster bisque and going, yep. hey, are you getting anything? Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, yeah, your lobster's haunted. <laughs> you got drunk guys going, hey, man, point that thing over here. See if Johnny's is a uh, spirit. He's had a lot of spirits tonight. It's going to pick it up. Yeah, that's right. That's right. A, a lot of people see spirits, but you know, they're they are not the paranormal kind. Most of them are in the glass. So, uh, so uh, like we said, you know, this was, this was pretty cool. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm glad we finally were able to come together and, and do this show mm-hmm. uh, because uh, frankly, I was impressed at, at the, at the level of activity that's been reported from the mansion and the way I could verify a lot of these stories uh, through multiple sources. So I'd have to say the Limp Mansion is pretty, pretty freaking haunted. Yep. Yep. And, and definitely, I agree. Definitely worth a visit if you're in the St. Louis area or you're going to be visiting there. Um, you know, whether, whether you want to go and have a paranormal experience or not, it sounds like it's a, it's a pretty great spot to hit. So now is the time where we say, what do you guys think? Um, you know, I bet we've got quite a few listeners in the, in the St. Louis area, um, probably a few of you have been there, um, or, or maybe because of this show, you're going to consider going there, taking the tour, checking it out. Um, if you do, or if you have, let us know. And one of the best places to do that is in our Facebook group. Uh, just go on Facebook, search Graveyard Tales. Um, our, we've got one of the best groups on Facebook. Oh, yeah. um, a lot of fantastic people from a lot of different backgrounds from all over the world that just share some amazing stories. Um, there's a lot of fun in there too. You know, a lot of, a lot of jokes, you know, a lot of poking fun and, and, but nobody's, nobody's mean. Nobody's going to make fun of you. Jump in there and tell us your stories. We want to hear them. Um, you can also go and find us on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, just again, search graveyard tales, and then you can head over to our website, which is graveyardpodcast.com. And on our website, you can find links to purchase Graveyard Tales merchandise. You can listen to the show and you can become a patron, uh, which we always like to take time to thank everyone who uh, has donated to the show, as Adam mentioned at the time. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, there's just there's a lot of material there for you to, you know, take take in. If you've if you've caught up on all the main shows, we got tons of stuff you can find. Um you know, on our Patreon and it does, it really helps the show. It allows Adam and I to, uh, uh, keep everything fresh, keep our equipment up and running. And, uh, it, it really, really does make a difference. So until next time, we'll save you a seat in the graveyard. See you soon.